This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the first episode of the Subway to Shea podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Rivera, and you can listen to the show on anchor.fm for the moment. There will also be on Apple Podcasts, I think Google Play, and many platforms. That will be coming shortly, I promise you that. But at the moment, if you want to listen to the show, listen to it on anchor.fm. And obviously, let me get a couple of questions that I've been asked out of the way. Why are we hearing another Mets podcast? Well, I'm a huge New York Mets fan. I love the New York Mets, and I thought, what better way to express my love for the team than to start this podcast. And I love interacting with Mets fans all over. Uh, I have a whole bunch of friends that are Mets fans, family members that are Mets fans. On Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter. This is a good way to plug this. Follow me on Twitter at Subway to Shea. And I've been interacting with a lot of you guys even before I started doing this show today. So this is a perfect opportunity for me to express my thoughts on the Mets. I mean, you can never get enough of that, right? Another question that was asked, why is it called Subway to Shea? I mean, obviously we all know Shea Stadium is the former home of the New York Mets. Now they're at City Field, but Subway to City? Hmm, that didn't really sound too good to me. So Subway to Shea has a nice little ring to it for me. And also, Shea Stadium is the reason I became a Met fan. My parents used to take me to the marina and by, by by Shea Stadium, and you would see those neon lights. I would be like in awe just looking at those neon lights at Shea Stadium, and that's kind of how I grew up loving the New York Mets. It, it's, it sound, might sound kind of corny, but I just loved seeing those lights, and eventually my father took me to a lot of Mets games, and I just grew to love the team, so... That's the reason why it's called Subway to Shea. So we are going to start the first episode of Subway to Shea. And what better way to celebrate the first episode by also celebrating my birthday. Today is my birthday, November 14th. And there's no place I'd rather be. And there's no other thing I'd rather do than to sit here and talk about the New York Mets. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Actually, the original plan for the first episode was to talk about and really close out the Wilpon error, the Fred Jeff Wilpon error of the New York Mets. But I, I kind of scrapped that. And I scrapped it because of what I heard on Tuesday, which was the Steve Cohen official press conference, his first press conference as the now owner 
of the New York Mets and also with alongside him, Sandy Alderson as his uh, team president of the New York Mets. So that kind of listening to them kind of changed my mind on talking about the Wilpons. I don't want to talk about them anymore. That era, done. Those lousy era, and there wasn't always a bad time of being in the Wilpon era. There was some good there. I mean, I started watching the Mets around 1998. That was the first season where I really paid close attention to Mets baseball. Right before they got Piazza in the trade, I was becoming a Mets fan. Ray Ardonias became my favorite player, uh, one of the best shortstops, at least defensive shortstops uh, in Mets history. And that's where I got my love for the Mets. And as Will Pons, as we got farther and farther along, the years gone by, years gone by, I know they went in 99 and 2000 to the playoffs, and obviously 2006, and then after 2006, a whole lot of problems besides them getting into the playoffs in the World Series in 2015, winning the wild card in 2016, but besides that, it has been nothing but a pain for a lot of Met fans, and even before I started watching, where you had the worst team money could buy, you had uh, a lot of struggles with... uh, paying a contract for Bobby Bonilla, who they're still paying off right now. And I wonder, do Steve does Steve Cohen have to pay that contract now? Uh, hopefully, if he does, he could just get rid of it so we can stop talking, so I could stop being reminded every year that we're still paying for Bobby Bonilla. But um, let's get into the meat and potatoes, and I say that as Sandy Alderson mentioned it earlier in his part of the press conference, but Friday, November 6th was the official day that Steve Cohen became the owner of the New York Mets, and there was no Jeff Wilpon, no Jerry Reinsdorf, A-Rod, Mayor de Blasio, none of those people could stop Steve Cohen from being the owner of the team. We know there were so many problems dealing with those people. A-Rod obviously was trying to become owner with J-Lo. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf was trying to block him from, was trying to block Steve Cohen from being the owner. Uh, Jeff Wilpon already had screwed up the first go around when they were trying to sell the team to Steve Cohen. And then the whole issue with the city and City Field and de Blasio. It, I'm just so happy and so glad that it's finally over. We're finally moving on from it and... Friday, November 6th, will go down as one of the biggest days in this team, this franchise's history. Um, As soon as Cohen took over, team president Sandy Alderson was put in place, and he wasted no time in firing general manager Brody Van Wagenen. And say what you want about Brody, he made a couple of good moves. We'll see how his draft moves um, play out into the future. He made some real big boneheaded moves and really depleted the farm system. So I know for a lot of Mets fans, he won't be missed. Um, Allard Baird is gone. Adam Gutridge is gone. Jared Banner. Those were uh, some hirings under Brody's uh, group. Um, also, Omar Manaya. 
He was also let go. He's been with the team on and off for a while. He was the general manager for a while. And I know a lot of people were upset that he was let go, but it's a new regime now. You know, Sandy Alderson's in charge, and you could even tell in the press conference how happy he was to be in charge of this team because you can tell in the past that he didn't have full autonomy of the team. With Jeff Wilpon, I guess if you want to say micromanaging or meddling in the team, it was just rough for Sandy to get a lot of things done. And I know, you know, even to my fault, I had blamed Sandy for a lot of things that got on. But, you know, he, he doesn't control everything that gets done there. He doesn't have the, you know, he can only do so much with this team and what he, he was given with financially. So this is a new Sandy Alderson, and uh, he is definitely going to be running the show out in uh, Flushing. Now, let's go to Tuesday, which was the official press conference, and all I've heard was nothing but good things come from this pe- press conference. A lot of people have said that it may have been one of the best press conferences by an owner. Like I said, I've been watching the team since 1998, and I learned and was more excited after listening to Steve Cohen and Sandy Olerson more than I've ever hearing Jeff Wilpont and Fred Wilpont speak in their time of owning the Mets. And it wasn't that many times either. They've always kept things close to the vest. They've always deferred to the general manager. And it was nice to see Steve and Sandy, you know, really pump up the fan base. You know, here some comments that Steve made. Here's some quotes. Um, you build championships, you don't buy them, which means he is going to not only spend his money, which he is now the richest owner in uh, Major League Baseball, but he wants to build through the farm system. You know, he wants to build a long-lasting team that is not just going to go into the playoffs and maybe make it one year to the World Series, and then they'll be awful for five years, and then they'll go to the playoffs, and then they'll be awful for another four years. He wants sustainability, and he goes, I'm not in this to be mediocre. I want something great. I'm not in this for a short-term fix. I'm in this to build a sustainable franchise. I don't want to be good one year and bad for three years. And that's what I mentioned earlier on. And when they talk to him about winning, he goes, and especially about winning the World Series, he made this three to five year plan where if they don't win within that time frame, he would deem this a failure. So he is all in on this. And especially when it came to talking about winning the World Series, he goes, you got to win one first. No one remembers you came in second or third place. And that, I kind of felt that that was kind of a little jab at the Wilpons, and deservedly so. You know, the Wilpons never went the extra mile. They never went to get the extra player that would put them over the top to win. You know, at the time, uh, I don't even think they really wanted Mike Piazza. That was a, a double day move. You know, they didn't go after Alex Rodriguez in 2001 when the signs were there that he was going to come here. 
There was so many moves that they didn't make, not re-signing Jose Reyes. I mean, it ended up working out for them, but they never went after Reyes. They um, never pursued any big trades during the trade deadline that would have put them over the top. They never wanted to go after Vladimir Guerrero. They just, there was too many excuses. And then once the whole Madoff Ponzi scheme took place, they were really strapped for cash and we would lose players. They would let people go like Justin Turner and Angel Pagan and those guys ended up being really good players maybe Turner great player that helped teams win World Series. Turner helping the Dodgers win this year and then also Angel Pagan being a part of some of those San Francisco Giant teams that won World Series. So there's a lot of things that didn't take place under the Wilpons that really hurt their standing. I don't think the Wilpons are the worst to run this team. You know, that I think goes to M. Donald Grant. So, but you know, this is a time that Met fans have been waiting for. And Steve Cohen did not disappoint. As a matter of fact, I think he has been on Twitter. Uh, I think you can follow him at Stephen A. Cohen 2, if I'm correct. And he's been talking with the fans. He's been talking with his players. And well, I think one big thing that the fans have asked for is having an old-timers day. And he said at the press conference, having an old-timers day would be fun. And it would be. I I don't think in my time ever watching the Mets that I've ever seen an old-timers day. Never. I know the Yankees have had it for so long. And speaking about the Yankees, someone had asked them the question about how would they compete with the Yankees. And Steve said, I'm not competing against the Yankees. This is the Mets, and we're going to create our own excitement. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to hear. I'm tired of having to think about the Yankees. And it's always what the Wilpons, oh, the Wilpons always wanted to, you know, try to compete with the Yankees, but also they didn't want to compete with the Yankees. So, you know, it was a lose-lose situation. We're always going to be the second fiddle in New York until the Mets are really good because they can take over this town. That That's right. They take over this town whenever they get into the playoffs. It's, it is a Mets town. And speaking about the playoffs, Steve Cohen said we shouldn't just accept making it to the playoffs. That's not good enough. And it's it's not. It's also not good enough to think about playing a meaningful, and I put that in quotations, meaningful games in September. The term and the phrase by the Wilpons, he wants to be better than that. He wants to win championships. We've all been longing for the Mets to win championships. Heck, I was born November 14th, 1986, or a little less than a month from when the Mets last went to the World Series and won the World Series. So I've never seen them win a championship before. I got tired of hearing how much we just want to be good enough to play in September or make the playoffs. No, I want to win a championship. It'd be nice to win multiple championships, but I'll take one right now. And this team is not that far away. We have a good core. We got McNeil. We got Conforto. We got Alonzo. DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. Dominic Smith. We've got a good core here. So it's not like Steve and Sandy are taking over a team that needs to start from the bottom and scrap and and build a farm system. We're right there. They can do this. Now it's time to see if they can take that next level. Steve also promised that he would act like a major market team and start spending. But he also said that he will not act like a drunken sailor, 
which means maybe he won't spend too much money, or also maybe he'll use his money wisely when he's doing these free agent signings. So we'll see where this team goes in the next couple of years. And I'm hoping that I get to see a World Series sometime in the next three to five years like he promised. Now, a couple of important notes from the Sandy Alderson portion of the press conference. The first thing was that Luis Rojas is probably, and as he termed it, very likely to return as manager in 2021. But he did leave open that when the president of baseball operations and the general manager take over, that they have the option to let him go if they want to go in a different direction, which I think is good. And I know Sandy talked with Luis. He's known Luis for a long time. So him letting him know this is very important. Not leaving him in the dark. Hey, you might be managing in 2021, but, you know, we'll see what the general manager wants to do. So um, also of note, the reason Sandy came back was because of Steve Cohen. He liked his vision. It excited him. And that made him it made him very excited to come back and work for the Mets. Now, speaking of the head of baseball operations, uh, Sandy had interviewed someone, I think, during the weekend, and the news came out, I think, from Andy Martino that it was former Marlins GM and President Michael Hill. So that is one of the guys that is in position to try to get the job of the president of baseball operations for the Mets. And um, some interesting thoughts that came out when I read that Michael Hill was one of them. And that was that, you know, he has worked with the Marlins for over 19 seasons before he was let go in uh, 2020. He had worked with the Marlins for 19 seasons. So he's seen a lot of good talent come through the system, whether it was Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, JT Romuto. And even um, the late Jose Fernandez. Those are just to name a few. And look what happened with the Marlins this year in 2020 making the playoffs. So he's been a part of building success. It may not have all came together at once. And and that's because, uh, according to uh, Barry Johnson of the Miami Herald, he never had full autonomy of running the team. He never had full authority. With Jeffrey Loria as the owner, he would always meddle just like, hey, who else was meddling? Jeff Wilpon. So same situation with between Michael Hill and Sandy Alderson. Maybe they bond over that. And maybe Michael Hill might be the new president of baseball operations. He might be the new general manager. So that's something to keep a close eye on over the next couple of weeks. I, I would think that they want to move through this quickly because free agency is around and, you know, they're going to have to start signing some of these big guys if they want them. And, and is it going to be Sandy that does it? Is it going to be uh, the president of baseball operations, the GM? I mean, this is a process that's going to have to move a little quicker than uh, we would expect. But since, you know, COVID's taken over and it's kind of depleted funds for teams, free agency is going to be slow. So we'll see what happens. Like I mentioned earlier, Sandy just seemed more relaxed more chill during this press conference, and good for him, man. It's good to see him back. You know, I I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Sandy. Um, I was happy that he helped lead them to the playoffs twice, but he's here to oversee this team, and I, I think I couldn't think of anyone better to do it. I, I know uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of him at the time, 
But this is a great move for the Mets and a great move for Steve to put him in place. Something that I took away, a couple of quotes that he said during the press conference. We want to be iconic. We want to be a fully built-out professional organization. And that's something the Mets have never been, at least from the time that I've been watching them. Whether they had issues with uh, Omar Minaya during press conferences, Tony Bernazard, uh, Jeff Wilpon getting in his own way. There's always been an issue, and there's never been a organizational structure for this team. And I really think that Steve and Sandy are going to put that in there. He also said we can emphasize acquisition rather than cost. And the Mets have never done that. It's always been this guy costs too much. We can't go out and get him. We'll get Jason Bay and spend a little cheaper. Or we'll, you know, we'll we'll give the contract to Oliver Perez, you know? And, and or they go after the scrap heap, the or the reclamation projects. You know, they never went the extra mile, like I mentioned earlier. They never went the extra mile in making sure that they got over the hump and won a championship. They never did that. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, the made-up Ponzi scheme. They lost so much money. So they cannot spend. But now, with an owner that, quite frankly, is head and shoulders above everyone else when it comes to the money he has. This is a new era. This new Steve Cohen era. And and we're not going to be having to say, oh, you know what? Uh, George Springer's out there, but he's going to cost too much, so we can't go after him. Uh, um, Real Muto's out there, but he's asking for this much money, so we're not even going to give it a shot. They can do that now, and they will do it, and they will spend wisely, or at least we hope so. I mean, they haven't done much yet, so we'll see if they can live up to the hype. And aside from signing free agents, also mentioned, you know, growing players in the farm system. He says, we are going to grow our own players. We are going to hold on to them. So gone are the days when we would have, like I mentioned earlier, Justin Turner, for example, Justin Turner came up with the Mets. I mean, I he got traded over from Baltimore, but in the minor leagues, he came up with the Mets. Played decent, but they didn't keep him. And then he goes on to the Dodgers and becomes a star. You know, Jose Reyes, we didn't keep. There's so many players that the Mets just let go. And those days might be over. We might get to see... Michael Conforto get his contract extension. You know, when it's time for Syndergaard next year, maybe we'll see him get an extension. And then the list goes on and on. Because they have a great core here. And you're going to want to keep Alonzo. You're going to want to keep Don Smith. You're going to want to keep Jeff McNeil. So now this team has the wherewithal to get that done. They have the ownership to get it done. So, we'll see. We'll see. But the press conference, I got to give them an A++ for that. Uh, Two hours of 
pure excitement listening to Steve Cohen and Sandy. And people already, overnight, people are interested in working for the Mets. And that leads me to the second topic of today. And that is Marcus Stroman accepting his qualifying offer for $18.9 million. He will be back with the Mets in 2021. Obviously, he sat out the season because of COVID. But he's back. And he's going to want to prove himself. I mean, if he's only on this one-year deal, he's going to want to prove himself. And I am very, I know people are tough on Stroman, but I'm very excited to see him return. I was a little leery in the beginning, but I'm giving him the chance because we need him. We need pitching. That was the biggest problem the Mets had this season was pitching. They had DeGrom. And Peterson, who was a rookie, and that was it. Syndergaard got hurt and was out with Tommy John surgery. Stroman opted out. Gazelman got hurt and was pretty much useless starting. Seth Lugo really didn't even get to, I guess, loosen up because it was such a short season. He didn't really get to loosen up to become a starter. And when he did, he wasn't really that good. And don't... Don't, don't get me started on Steven Matz. He struggled all season. And when we needed him the most. And who knows if he's going to be back with the team next year. Maybe they don't tender him a contract. So this is big right now. At least we know we got Jacob DeGrom. We've got David Peterson and Marcus Stroman. At least three starting pitchers. Syndergaard will be back. Uh, he, he might be back opening day, but a lot of people were saying, you know, Memorial Day might be best for him, and it might be. He might have to hold Fort until he comes back. But I think that having Stroman come back, and the story was broke by Metsmerized.com, and even Stroman tweeted them out, so that was a big story for them that he accepted this offer. And Marcus went on to say, after watching the presser, I'm beyond excited to play for you, sir. And that's talking to Steve Cohen. I can feel the excitement and passion you're going to bring daily. Let's go be great. So people want to play for Steve Cohen. I'm pretty sure that press conference, and obviously his money, because that's a big factor as well, but I'm pretty sure this is a different atmosphere than it was in the past, and that is exciting and great for all this New York Mets fans to see. Before we wrap up this show, a couple of final notes. The Mets minor league affiliates in 2021 are going to be the St. Lucie Mets, who are going to be low A. Uh, Brooklyn Cyclones and the Binghamton Mets, they haven't decided yet if which team is going to be high A or double A, but uh, they will decide on that too soon. And Syracuse is going to be the triple A team. Um, other notes, Jacob deGrom does not three-peat for the Cy Young. That went to, hopefully, the future New York Met um, Trevor Bauer as he won the Cy Young with uh, Cincinnati. Jake finished third, and he had three second-place votes and 23 third-place. He didn't have a first-place vote, but um, he finished the season 4-2 and two with a 2.38 ERA, 68 innings pitched. And he led the league with 104 strikeouts. 
Like I mentioned earlier, Michael Hill interviewed for president of baseball operations, so we're going to keep an eye out on that. And um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up here for the first episode of Subway to Shea. The next episode next week, as we're going to try to do this weekly, is our hot stove episode. We're going to start doing and talking about free agency. We're going to break down the Mets' needs. And um, if you're following me on Twitter, let me know. If you follow me on Twitter, at Subway to Shea, if you don't, Follow me now at Subway to Shea, and um, let's talk about what the needs are for the Mets. Who do you think they should get? Who do you think they should bring in? We all know that Trevor Bauer's out there, JT Realmuto's out there, George Springer, Francisco Lindor by trade. Possibility. Who knows? But there's so many options out there. We know one piece of the puzzle's in with Marcus Stroman returning. Let's see what else the Mets can do. Uh, Dylan Batanzas and, and Brad Brock took their contracts to stay with the Mets. So let's let's see if we can build a team to get us into the playoffs. I'm ready for it. How about you? Hmm? I, I, I know we're all longing to see the Mets get back into the playoffs and get back to a championship. Uh, obviously, if anything breaks... If anything breaks with free agency, I promise you I will be on the air the day that that breaks. And we will discuss and talk about all the free agent signings the Mets do, any trades that they take care of. I promise you I will be here for that, and I want you to be here with me. This is a podcast by a Mets fan for the Mets fan. So please stay tuned to more Subway to Shea as the weeks come along. You can listen to this show on Anchor FM, and it's soon to be on multiple platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Subway to Shea. And um, this is Anthony Rivera signing off. We'll see you next week on the Subway to Shea podcast.